at Bellevue. Live from a different location today. Oh, welcome to the corner of... Newburgh and Ronerville. Yeah, yeah. My goodness. Don't honk. <laughs> Please don't. We're in a new location. We had a little bit of technical difficulties at the other... The podcast studio. The technical difficulties being we're getting a new roof. Which is good. So by the time you see hear this, if you drive by the church, it's going to look like the church has a bad toupee. Nah, it's, it's going to look good. I mean, I think it's going to look good after a while, but I definitely anticipate people complaining about it being such a much, a much darker color. I think it will look good. I like No, it. I think so, I too. Like That's why roofs. I picked it. I think I it will too. look great. And but, we'll be happy with it. But everyone knows. Everyone complains. That's true. It'll take them a while to get used to it. They'll get used to it, though. Just like you get used to uh, somebody dyeing their hair and wearing a toupee. True. Do we know anybody who wears a toupee? I don't know. I don't know if anybody even wears toupees anymore. Probably but there not. are definitely people that we know that dye their hair that... Yes. I think that it shouldn't? would be cool oh. if they just let it go, man. I know. But they're just not ready. That's okay. But I'm kind of the same way. I'm not sure when I'll be ready to... Do you dye your hair? I mean, I did for a long time, and now I have this little gray streak running through, mm-hmm. like like right here. It's kind of rad. And then I'm like, oh, look at that. I have a highlight. And then I look closer, and I'm like, nope, that's, that's just a gray. streak of gray hair. I'm not cool. I'm, I mean, I'm cool with it, because some people just never were afforded the opportunity to get more mature yeah and <laughs> their physical appearance so i'm kind of i'm kind of like i want to be one of those old ladies that is like <laughs> whatever i'm gonna rock my gray hair but then i also want to have purple hair so i don't really yeah. know what i'm gonna do i like life. it when i see like older people like i saw this older lady in the grocery store and she had like she was a grandma for sure and she had purple hair i could be a grandma my child is 18 shoot your mom could be a grandma she totally could I mean, you're 22. I know. It's about time. Jeez. We had a baby on the way when we were 22. I know. My mom and dad did too, I think. Your mom already had like probably two All kids by the time she I was know. 22. It's kind of weird. But interesting. We are at our new location. It's a little echoey, so bear with us if it's not the best sound quality. Um, but we're doing the best we can with what we have, right? Yeah, they'll be used to the traffic because the traffic... Won't be as loud, probably, mm-hmm. as uh, over at the other one. Yeah. There won't be... Well, <laughs> who knows how many Harleys will, will go... A lot of them, probably. Here? In this, on this street? Yes, it's busy. And then maybe there's, like, the cop shop is next door. Yeah, we might get a couple sirens. Code three calls. <laughs> Something. Woo! <laughs> but it's exciting to be in a different location at the same time. We have a good view on of the city, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Fortuna, the friendly city. Yep. Come fly the friendly streets of Fortuna. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm going. I am so excited because it's. I have like a couple more days until we go to Wyoming, and I am just really excited about it. By the time this airs, I'll probably you'll be, be in back. Wyoming. No, you'll be back time. probably. Maybe I don't know when we're this way air, but this should probably be coming out in July. Yeah. Were you trying not to sneeze? I was trying. Oh my goodness, just sneeze. I didn't want to sneeze and then it would be loud. And I always say, yeah, but you could cut it out. We always say, I always say, brown cow, brown cow, brown cow, brown cow. I do it, this thing. Well, I do this thing with the kids at school and I can stop a kid from hiccups, having the hiccups. How? So if you stare at them and you tell them over and over and over again, 
look at me, look at me and tell me the second you're going to hiccup. Tell me as soon as you're going to hiccup, tell me. Like, say, I'm going to do it. Say, I'm going to do it. But you, and then you're like, no, no, don't look away from me. Keep your eyes right on me. Like, don't look away. Don't look away. And you have to keep talking to them like that the whole time. And um, they're like, the second you're going to hiccup, tell me. Say, I'm going to hiccup. Say, I'm going to hiccup. Don't lose eye contact with me. And like, all the other ones get really quiet and they're watching and it's so funny. And then I'm like, are they gone? And they're like, they're gone. It's because they're taking all of their like all of their focus away from the hiccups and focusing in on trying to hiccup, like trying to catch it, and then the hiccups go away. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's really cool. I should have tried that with Nikina. She was hiccupy in the tummy. Mm. We would all just be sitting around watching her her bio mom's tummy just like twitch. <laughs> she always had hiccups, and she still to this day always has hiccups. It's really funny. To the point where I don't have them hardly ever. And if I do have them, I'll run into a room and be like, Nikina, guess what? She's like, what? She's like, what? I'm like, I have a hiccup. She's, She's like, like, oh my Shut gosh, up. get, get out, out of here. here. <laughs> it's exactly what she does. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, but it works every single time. One of my friends taught me that and I was like, what? And then it really does work That's every funny. single time. The, kid, the kids think it's like, I'm a magician because mm. I know how to, because I can do it. It's really funny. Sage Angel. I guess. <laughs> My gosh. My goodness. But where, what are we talking about today? I want you to introduce it. Well, today we're talking about, there's something that I think is important mm -hmm. in this time that we're living in. And that is uh, paying attention to the things that we decide that we are going to believe. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I think that it's so important is because what we believe we will live as if that is true and as we know people disagree about certain things <laughs> and if we <laughs> really? a lot of things experiences encounters come out world events happen and everybody has all kinds of different responses but we're all coming from different places and it's really yeah. hard sometimes for us to identify with each other and understand like why somebody would choose one way and somebody choose something completely different. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of want to kind of dive in a little bit to like what that is, why we do it, how we can control like our responses and how we can control the things that we decide to like receive as truth. Yeah. Um, what we receive as truth is like, everybody's working so hard to get you to believe what they think is true. Like that, That's kind of like what the, every, life. like everyone's thing is that even if they don't know they're doing it, that's what everyone's doing. They're like, all trying like to get you to believe. You're unconsciously telling your dad by buying him whatever brand of whatever you got uh -huh. him that you think that this is good. Yeah. Like you're, you're unconsciously trying to tell people that, that it's okay to jump on with Tesla. Tesla's good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, we're constantly, we're always either uh, either aware of it or unaware of it trying to convince people that things are true you know even like um you want to you want to get on a fitness journey or something and there's always going to be people that are like this works this works this yeah. works crossfit works you know running works swimming works um tybo works <laughs> you know richard simmons workout Whoa, videos richard. <laughs> jane fonda works yeah like all that stuff but but like what really works, honestly, is the one that you do, the, like yeah. hiking. If hiking is your jam, go hike every day and you'll be good to go. You know what I mean? Some people with, with food, they'll be like, 
you know, no carb is good. And somebody will be like, Jenny Craig is good or Weight Watchers <laughs> is good. And there's a new one called Noom, I guess, is out or oh, whatever. There's so many. You can't keep. It's yeah. like my dad's always on different ones. He's always like, OK, I'm not eating. Right now he's not doing any dairy. He's not doing. Uh, he's basically doing keto minus like and no chicken because he watched something with like how chickens are raised or, and it's pretty bad. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I like chicken too much. And now we don't do seafood because no. we watch Sea Spiracy. Have you seen that? Mm, I have not and I'm not going to. You should actually you should watch it because it's actually really good. Huh. And it's See, super you're trying interesting. To, you're trying to convince me of something right I now. I am. I'm trying to convince you to watch it because it's actually really good. And they'll make you like you'll be like, oh, those, the plastic straw thing that we did for a while that mm-hmm. we think is doing really well. Yeah. They were like, that's doing nothing. Like, honestly, use the plastic straw, like, but stop eating seafood because we're literally killing our ocean by mm. the consumption and waste huh. that we're doing. It's, I didn't know that that was that big of a thing, but I guess mm. I don't eat a lot of seafood, but I guess a lot of countries do. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like the amount of money that they, so they like will like kill like whales sea lions all that kind of stuff like more animals than that but in like by the tons like by a bunch of sharks they'll take them for their fins and they'll just be like mark like a black market of oh, sea like, animals like what elephants were Kinda, with the, yeah. the ivory tusks basically or bears for their mm-hmm. feet or whatever but they showed like this and i don't know if the statistic is true but they showed like in the next however many years like if we keep going at the rate we're doing this at there'll literally be no ocean life left and the ocean is literally what's keeping the world going hmm. by like because they do they, they the the ocean some kind of animal in the ocean does has like the photosynthesis thing that trees do and mm-hmm. we, like gives us oxygen and everything and they were literally like it's going down by the day hmm. which is interesting to think about it is interesting, but that whole thing that you were doing was trying to get me to believe something to get a response. Yeah, from me. Yeah, right. And we do it all the time with we every, do it all literally the time. everything we do. Yeah, and so I mean, who we are depends on what we believe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Our thoughts drive our decisions, and the things that we choose to believe. Nobody can choose to believe stuff for us. We have to be the ones that choose that we're going to partner with that thought or this thought. Somebody might have an experience where they decide that, you know, a keto diet is really bad and mm-hmm. a higher carb diet is a better, healthier, whatever. And they'll have all of them will have their own reasons for it. Somebody will be like, oh, paleo is the healthiest. Oh, whole 30 is the healthiest. Yeah. Oh, uh, high fat, no carb, high carb, no fat, high fat, high carb. I mean, it's all over the place <laughs> with what's with what's healthy. But like. I just think that it's, you know, we've gone through this like year and a half where there's all of these like massive world events that Mm -hmm. are happening all around us that impact us. And so even starting with the COVID-19 pandemic and then just going through just a couple months later, we had the the George Floyd thing and everybody was responding with like just this cry out for police reform. Mm -hmm. And we've we've dealt with, you know, the rise of like racism stuff that that the nation is talking about whether they are refusing to talk about it or whether they're talking about it you're still responding yeah. a, a refusal to respond is it's still a, a response is, yeah. and so um there's let's see what else we, we could talk about the election we can talk about politics we can talk about the abortion issue we can talk about um 
well, defunding and, police. We can talk about capitalism and socialism. Like all of that stuff are so like much. huge topics right now and have been for the last about 18 months or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, with racism, for sure, it has been a long standing decades, centuries old conversation. It has, but for the last couple of, for the last, you know, year or so, it's been just like highlighted and like people are talking finally about it and mm-hmm. like saying, wait a second, this isn't right. Even though it's been, some people are like, we've been saying this forever. Yeah. This has been, this has not just come up all of a sudden. This has been a deep rooted issue that's been going on that mm-hmm. finally. And even just denying that something has, is an issue mm-hmm. is a response. Yeah. And so the things that we choose to believe, the things that we choose to partner with, they impact our whole lives. You know, we have to pay attention to the things that we decide to partner with that that are that are truth that are and we get to decide we only have a certain amount of energy in the world. (laughs) We can't solve every problem. No, but we can help, you know, build build lives that are going to either uh, begin to solve some of these problems or we can build lives that are going to continue to to. cause some of the problems standing still is generally not an option being neutral is generally not an option it's there's i can i can't think of any situation in Mm -hmm. which you're not either contributing to a problem or contributing to solving a problem well and and i i'm looking at like we're not able to help we're not able to touch every single issue we're just not we don't i like i do i literally do not have the like the time in the day to do that or the energy to do that and but when i'm building my life from a healthy place that i feel at the beginning of my day or at the beginning like the very base level i'm trying to be the healthiest i can be in everything so uh, in turn I, like when i come across uh, come across an uh, issue i feel able to be like I, it's not my it's not my race to run and to go crazy and like um maybe show up at every event or even you know just not be silent, I feel like, but still, uh, when I live my life at this base level of health that I feel I'm able to out of that kind of touch a lot more, even though I'm not digging in, like maybe I'm not down at the food bank helping every single Saturday, but I'm able to touch when I can, because I'm healthy enough to be able to go to all these different places and out of that Mm -hmm. in turn, be able to you know. And even if you know you're not going to like be like Malcolm X or like, (sighs) you know, Martin Luther King Jr. And just like, really go after hard after some certain topics you we can at least make the choice to at least acknowledge that there's a problem and not contribute to the problem as much as we possibly can yeah. you know what i mean and i and some things we are supposed to go hard after and some things i feel like we're supposed to just i mean not just but we're supposed to um be caring for people support people realize oh i didn't realize that what i was doing was contributing to this problem like hey it's not that big of a deal for me to make an adjustment if it's going to make your life better yes like if if it's not going to make my life worse and it is going to make your life better like what what is the hurt and not even what's what's it going to harm to take that into consideration when you decide to make your choices i i just think that um we've just we just have seen so many super unhealthy narratives over the last year and people jumping on bandwagons on one side or the other and it feels like it has to be very polarized it feels like it has to be very like you have to pick either this or that mm-hmm. people are um 
are having problems with acknowledging that some issues are just like more complex than the one extreme or the other extreme. And um, so I just kind of want to talk about how we build our narratives, how we decide what narratives we're going to we're going to join with or jump on or or allow to be a part of our story or our um, the way that we identify the way the, the way that we describe ourselves, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Because we're, like you said, even with just like the, the seaspiracy thing that I was telling you about, you instantly in your own head, whether you're going to acknowledge, like whether you're going to show me, tell me or not, you're, you're instantly making a, a decision, whether you're going to be like, oh yeah, I agree with that or I don't, or yeah, that's interesting to me or it's not something, you know, right. whether you, in, whether you grab on it or not, you're instantly making a decision. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like when you're, when you're just, like, we're being thrown that every single day with everything, like you were saying. Yeah. So how do we navigate life when there's a million decisions some of them it's should i you know speed here or should i go the speed limit should i pay for the person behind me or should i not like there's there's some simple things that like you have to decide but then it get it like it rolls into these bigger issues that you have that you have to you know decide whether mm-hmm. wh- where you're at and i think a lot of people and myself included at some point sometimes when i just i just stand there i'm like i don't know so i don't make a decision i don't educate myself i don't do anything mm-hmm. and then it just rolls into the next thing i feel like it's dangerous to kind of it's a snowball that gets dangerous really quick yeah cuz cuz not responding is a response mm-hmm. and choosing to not not engage choosing to not uh like care for other people's experiences that type of thing like you I feel like if you at least took the time to listen and you still decided that you were not going to make any adjustment whatsoever, yeah. that is healthier than refusing to even listen. And I think refusing to listen, it can, it can, it can be really hard because we get tired. We get compassion fatigue. We get mm-hmm. all these different things that we, you know, we get overwhelmed. We don't, we know we can't solve everything. So we stop trying to solve one thing, but it's kind of like that, um, that mentality of like there's a million kids in the world that need to be helped and I can't help all of them, but I can help. I can do for one what I wish I could do for all of them. Yeah. Just and that's just one, you know, little example. And so um, I just want us to kind of pay attention to the stories that we like attach ourselves to and just like. I think in life, I don't, you know, I can't, I'm always going to come from a faith standpoint, but I also don't. I'm super like. I do not at all think that the church needs to be telling people what to think, but I do think that the church is absolutely responsible for helping people learn how to think. Mm-hmm. And I think that critical and then out thinking, of that, they're able to make some critical yeah, decisions. Critical thinking is, a, is so important to be able to, you, you, you get taught that in school to read a book and analyze <laughs> and come to conclusions and be able to support those conclusions and, to be able to do research to see, you know, in science class, you're like forming a hypothesis. What do, What is this educated guess that yeah. I think is going to happen? Then you do the research. Then you do the the experimentation, and you and you develop things that are going to make sense for what it is that you're trying to see or prove or or see how it works. And then you come to a conclusion, and you present it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i think that sometimes we forget that we want to let other people do the work for us and just like with the thing that you were just talking about what is it seascape i think it's seaspiracy seaspiracy not seascape we <laughs> ate it that's C-scape a restaurant the other day, <laughs> <you hear me? laughs> 
Seascape in Trinidad. Hashtag best blackberry cobbler ever. Oh, we went there the other day too. <laughs> it's so good. But anyway, but even with that sea spiracy thing, um, I initially told you that I was not going to watch it and you were like, no, you should. And then you start <laughs> telling me about it. And then I am having to like assess like, there are some things that you have influence in my life and I'm trying to decide as you're talking, I'm literally in here trying to decide if you have enough influence in my life for me to start watching TV. Cause I don't really watch TV to be honest with you. I don't, yeah. I don't have, I usually don't say I don't have time for things. I usually say I choose not to prioritize that in my life right now. And TV is not one of those TV, things. TV is one of those things that I just, I have chosen not to prioritize in my life right now. So. That's a good thing. Yeah. I kind of feel like, lame sometimes because people are like have you seen this show or that show or whatever and i'm like no i i don't, I don't watch do tv it. and i'm not saying i don't watch tv because i want to like be holier than that or i'm cooler <laughs> than you or anything like that i just i really have chosen not to prioritize yeah. that in my life right now so well that's like some people with social media where it's like oh you know can i find you on whatever here's my instagram they're like oh i don't do that i'm like oh okay well that's interesting i wish i could do that but i'm not there yet i guess i have chosen to prioritize tiktok and Instagram over, over TV <laughs> and the, at this particular period in my life. It might change, but <laughs> no, I feel that. A TikTok video, though, is a minute or two. That's how they get you because it's it's a, like under a minute or so, minute and a half. And that's how they get you because it seems like it's not that long. And then it's the next one, next one, you're on there for an hour. Right. But I could stop after three if I want to and feel like I sure. still have been completed. Whereas an hour episode, mm, I don't have time to commit to that. But if you're educating yourself on certain things. Yeah, but I probably, I'm not sure if I would because I've, you're going to watch like The Office or Parks and Rec or something. I have not seen Parks and Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Oh, it's good. I have seen Big Bang Theory though. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking about rewatching Gilmore Girls, but it's like seven seasons. That's a lot of like. Never seen that. That's a lot of commitment. But anyways, (laughs) we're going back to the, to the topic. Um, in order, okay, take out your notebooks, boys and girls. Whoa, we're in class. We're in class. Session has started. Here we go. Point number one. If you want to initiate a response, you want to pair information with emotion. Okay. So seascape, seascape. Seaspiracy. Seaspiracy. Mm-hmm. It, what, it gave you some information, mm-hmm. but it also tried to get you to attach an emotion to that. Yes. Like I need to care about the environment. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you want to initiate a response with someone, you want to pair information with emotion. And now advertising companies know that. Oh yeah. That's what they intentionally choose everything that that they present to you. They intentionally choose it with the, it, the with the intention of initiating a, an emotional response from you mm-hmm. and the information that they want for you to know to be able to i don't know they they're trying to convince you to buy their product right mm-hmm. and so um if you want to initiate a response from people then you want to pair information and emotion and if you want to think about um let's just talk about the george floyd thing yeah. right it was a thing it was like crazy bad and it was something that was preventable. So there was people that were just like, there are things that happen in the world that are not preventable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a massive earthquake happens and people die. It, yeah. And people die. We have, a, we have a tsunami and people, you know, half a town gets 
mm-hmm. you know, washed away or some horrible thing happens, right? But like that's not preventable. Our hearts break for them. We go, we go to Tahiti and we go and we try to we donate money and we try to make sure that what is it is it Tahiti? Is that the country that had that terrible or was it I don't remember. It was just a few years ago. It was during Trump's administration. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so, you know, a, a, a country gets just ravaged by some sort of a natural disaster. People want to respond. They want to help. They want to send money. They yeah. want to send water. They want to get people help. They want to get people medical supplies. They're dropping stuff in. They're expecting that if they send money to the Red Cross, the Red Cross is going to provide that pe- those yeah. people with service, with help, with meeting their basic human needs, right? But our hearts break for that and we and there's a response. There's a need and we respond to it. That's like that's the way we're wired. We're yeah we're wired. To, that's, yeah. yeah. And so many of us like we love to help people. We care about people. We want them to have access to water and healthcare and to be able to be taken care of with you know, that type of stuff. Now with the George Floyd thing, what happens is there's this sense of like justice that like rises up in our hearts and we re- we recognize this is not right. Yeah. This is not okay. And so what ha- what happens is we we take this and we and we and we go why is this happening? This is preventable. Like so many things happen that are not preventable. So when something preventable happens, uh, a DUI driver killing a family or like killing mm-hmm. a child or something, that is preventable. It's just like there's this different level that we go to. And we and and out of stuff like that, stuff like mad gets formed, like mothers against drunk driving. Okay. Like, like there's this response. There's yeah. this horrible thing that happened. There's the, there's emotion attached to it. There's a problem and injustice, and people are like, "This is how we're gonna try to combat this." And people and they're trying to get people on their side. They're trying to get people behind that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the pairing of the response with. Or the pairing of the emotion with the um, with the information that's trying to get a response, and so we get he- we get here, and the whole world is watching this whole thing unfold because we're all in a pandemic. We're all on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook home. and at the news because we're all quarantined. Yeah. We're all like in, even though it was really never technically a lockdown here, we all called it lockdown because we're dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> we can't help it. Um, but we're sitting here watching this whole thing play out and there's immediately these things that start kind of coming out and and trying to get you on their side, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so immediate that that BLM started rising up. It was so immediate that defund the police stuff started kind of like coming up. Not that those things were new, but it, it provided an opportunity for them to kind of rise up and to get a whole bunch of followers during that time. Yeah. And so people that would probably never have partnered with an organization that has the, the values that they say they have on their website, they're very like clear about what their values are, what their mission is there. But it provided this avenue, this like, response where mm-hmm. people were like there's something wrong and these you know these people kind of they, these activists they were like we need change blah 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 black lives matter and of course we're all like yes they do matter heck yes let's jump on onto this thing but without like having like a sort of thing in your head that happens where you go like okay that seems legit but i'm gonna dig a little bit deeper before i like 
attach myself to it. And if, if you have done your research and your values line up with their values, I mean, I'm not saying that you're a terrible person, but what I'm saying is I, I think that we should do the research before we just decide what bandwagon we're going to jump on, what narrative we're going to jump on. Because once you've sort of made that like commitment within yourself, it's hard for us as human beings to then go back and then start doing some research and realize, oh, this is actually an organization that is um, against like organized government. They want the government dismantled. They, 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 they have a lot of things that they are behind that you might not really be willing to align yourself with. But you wouldn't mm-hmm. know that unless you did a little bit of research and a little bit of digging. It yeah. really wouldn't take that that much time you can go on the internet and find it very quickly what what the origins and what the values mm-hmm. and what the, also what the um methods are yeah and so i think that just like let our hearts break for people feel yes feel that sense of justice but before we start jumping onto narratives i think it's important for us to do a little bit of research and before we before we let someone else's narrative become a part of our narrative we need to understand what we're linking ourselves up with Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah and i think like with black lives matter i and like my initial reaction is oh my gosh yes i agree with that 100 percent like I'm willing to put myself behind that because for sure I feel like, and I know people will argue oh, the the organization yada yada yada. I'm not. I'm personally not looking at it with the organization. I'm looking at it as if like no the black, sentiment. Like, yeah, and um, I think it is important to like to do the research. And I'm really trying. I I was thinking like I to to make an actual like na- healthy narratives. We have to be educated with ourselves about things. So we, I want to not just attach myself to things and, or, you know, slogans or yeah. organizations or, you know, parties or anything, even like some religious stuff. Obviously we do that with church. We don't want to mm-hmm. attach ourselves to a church that is not what the, not how I believe or not the values that I have. For sure. And I'm not always going to have every single value that line up exactly the same. I already know that. Like, I'm going to disagree with something. I'm Mm going to, you know, there's going to be something that comes up that I don't feel the same way about and I'll have my reasons and the other people have their reasons. Um, But I think, uh, I think with a lot of things we will grab because we agree a little bit with it too. And we see the good in it. And I think that's a natural thing to see the good. I think that's so true. And then we'll grab it and take it. And I think that's what a lot of people do. And I think that's how things get rolling so big because people will see a little like Black Lives Matter. Okay, maybe not everybody agrees with their whole and I don't know all of their, you know, I don't I don't know all of their origins and methods. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they started and that type of stuff. Yeah. And I think but I think the majority of people grab them because grab onto that slogan because it it makes a statement, Mm -hmm. a true statement that a lot of people feel. I mean, there's people that are don't feel that same way, you know, they'll flip flip around to mm-hmm. there's kind of like all lives matter black lives matter it's like well and what happened with the with the george george floyd thing was that it was just repeated so many times mm-hmm. and with humans the way that we're designed is we're designed to believe things that are repeated so and what what uh like other types of of unhealthy governments have done we'll just say uh like Marxists and Marxists and stuff like that. We'll even we'll even say Nazis. That's a that's what propaganda even is. Yeah. They take a lie and they repeat it so often 
that you start believing that it's truth. truth. Yeah. And and the repetition of a lie to try to get us to take it as a belief as if as if it's true, they understand that once we get something as a belief, we will live as if it's true. Mm -hmm. And so something doesn't even have to be true, but they'll say it loud enough. They'll say it long enough Mm -hmm. and people will start to believe it. And so, and we believe repeated information more than we will believe something that's only repeated only once. Even if it's true. Right. And a repeated belief, if we're not careful, will override something that we know is true. Like, you know that honeybees make honey, right? Mm-hmm. But if someone started telling you that wasps make honey over and over and over, you, even though you know that's not true, your mind will start believing that it might be true. Yeah. And so if it's something that you don't have a solid belief about, then you 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 will automatically sort of like not automatically but with without very easily without without yeah. putting a lot of thought into without a lot of effort to not mm-hmm. then we'll find ourselves in beliefs that we actually don't believe yeah like i found myself i remember one time i used to work with this lady that would always say that she got tired of people really quickly mm-hmm. and i and i remember i had worked with her for maybe like six or eight months or something like, this. She was like oh man i just get tired of people really quickly and i remember the first time, like, I think it was the only time, like, I think I said it, but I was talking about myself and then I, w- and I caught myself. I was like, like, whoa, I don't believe that. Why did I say that? That's not yeah. even something that I believe. Like, that is just crazy. And I, and I had, but I recognized it and I was like, I'm not going to say that anymore because it's not true for one thing. But even that it even came into my head and out my mouth was just because I had heard my, my coworker say it so many times. And it was true with her. She did get tired of people really easily. <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of one of those people. She, but you, uh, we were friend, we're friends, yeah. but it's kind of like you know, like kind of a, an obsessive friend for like a few months, and then oh, you're over that person, you're on to the next mm-hmm. person, like that type of. But also, and I think we've talked about this before, is like who you're surrounding yourself with. You tend, if 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 I'm surrounded, I'm with you all the time. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking, we're sharing a lot of our like our thoughts, and we're working things out, and we're. We're bringing up new things. You're, you say one thing and I go, oh, I haven't heard about that. Or maybe I should think about it this way. You know, we're kind of, you're, who you surround yourself with is also shaping your narratives, what you believe, mm-hmm. and changing them. And you're going, well, if, if this is me, if Jen is, you know, putting herself behind this statement, I maybe it's not what I was thinking, you know, because I trust you and I know how you live and I know who you are. And I'm like, oh, if she's okay with that, then maybe I should look more into that. Or if I'm, you know, that's just naturally what you do. But if it's, you know, like we were talking about uh, defunding the police, like that is such a statement. That is Mm -hmm. such something that's been over and over and over again. Instantly you go, you know, Republican people or people on the right would, you know, they're not for it. People on the left typically more for it right and then i kind of was like i want to know what this I, I want to know what this means because what i see is what I'm, i hear that you know i hear my lefter friends talk about it you know they're for mm-hmm. it, they're posting it and i hear you know my i'm just i'm using this as a, like you know your your uncle or your aunt conservative. that posts things on facebook all the time right. you see there you know i stand 100 100 behind the police and i'm not afraid to post this you know mm-hmm. that kind of nonsense yeah and i'm like what i'm confused both good people it is very nonsense to be 100 percent behind the police 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to punch you because uh, <laughs> I work in law enforcement. <laughs> I know, I know. And you have, you work in law enforcement, so you're obviously going to be more attending. Yes. But without doing any research at all, you're going to tend to be more one way. But what I'm For saying sure. is like, I wanted to, I want to know, I wanted to find out. And so when I actually did the research, I said, oh, both of these are actually not, both of what I'm hearing is actually not that valid. Mm -hmm. What I'm actually learning is changing some money around, not defunding the police, not saying goodbye to them, but changing some money around, putting a little more checks and balances in place, putting some, you know, some people that the police don't need to be taking care of, you know, some stuff. and Yeah. For sure. That we could get in that forever, but yeah. like I'm just saying, like who you're surrounding yourself with also is creating these narratives and Well and it's because you're if you're surrounding yourself with people and they're authentic people, they're gonna be saying the same things and doing the same things over and over and their mm-hmm. actions are gonna match up with your their words and you're gonna find out who they are. And that's one of the reasons we were talking about values last time. I think it's important for us to articulate what our values are so that we can teach them, so that we can live them and say them and those two things line up and that's more powerful than one or the other. Yeah. You have to look a lot harder. It, you have to do a lot more research. You have to ask a lot more questions. You have mm-hmm. to kind of like be willing to listen, open your mind up a little bit. I know that sounds like, ooh, open your mind. Mm-hmm. But like literally open your mind and hear it. From, I mean, there's some things that I've heard from other side of views that I would never, you know, attach myself with. Right. I'm like, oh, now that I've listened to it, um, I kind of agree a little bit more with that, you know, yeah. on whatever side. And so I think it's just, it's a lot, it takes a lot of time of in like but dedication. Under, it, it does, but also like understanding how it works. And that's one of the reasons I want to kind of break those down before yeah. we even get into any of our topics is because I just think that it's important for us to understand how things work, like mm-hmm. how our brains work, how our how it works that we even get behind a narrative. It's not just like chaos and whichever one you bump into first. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's which one you hear the most. It's which one you attach as a belief in your heart. It's when you it's which one you intentionally decide that you're going to get behind or not get behind or or intentionally, you know, you do maybe slide into it just because your family is like that or your friend or yeah. you're surrounded How with you it. How you were raised up. Yeah, but you're getting the repetition somewhere is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's the repetition. And I was coming, when I was when I was uh, researching a little bit about this, I came across this article that says, it says um, this. It says, people believe repeated information more than novel information, which is new information. Mm-hmm. That they, they show a repetition induced truth effect in a world of art alternative facts fake news and strategic information management understanding this effect is highly important repetition creates an illusion of truth and repetition increases belief and repetition increases perceived truth even when the statement contradicts what we already know um it's it's joseph gobel Goebbels, who was a Nazi, who is credited with saying that the if you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. It's kind of like a law of propaganda. But I think that I totally agree with this, that understanding this, that people are strategically uh, managing information. You are being strategically shown certain things by the media For sure. over and over and over so that you will receive some of it as truth. So if you're constantly feeding yourself with the media, either left wing, left wing or right wing media, even the ones that call themselves non-biased, <laughs> they're all covering the same stuff. Yeah. So whichever one you listen to the most, 
is going to be the one that you tend Mm -hmm. to adopt as yours. And the one that you're, I don't know, maybe you identify a little bit more on the liberal side, you're probably going to listen to one of those sort of media outlets and then you might jump over to the other ones to see what those people that are wrong are saying. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then the more you, and I mean, with social media, the way it works and like, and I think you've talked about this before, but the way it works is once you start looking up some things, it, it figures out where you stand. Yep. And then it just starts pouring more into you. Mm-hmm. So if you stand on the right wing side and you are only looking at, you know, I don't know, the, the, you'll it will learn your what you're looking at and it will learn to shove things into your face. And then it will bring some other stuff in there, too, to get you riled up and then you'll get upset. And then it'll it, this, this mm-hmm. vicious circle just keeps happening over and over again. It's what the algorithm even of social media is. Mm-hmm. And you'll start seeing what you already believe over and over and over. To and reassure you that. Yeah. And it just keeps validating this thing that you already believe. So you're and we look to validate what we already believe. Mm-hmm. That's how we live our lives. If I mean, we've lived our lives thinking that the sky is blue. If someone comes and tells (laughs) us that the sky is purple, some colorblind person is like, no, the sky is purple. Like, we're all, no, they're going to have to work pretty hard to get us to To get us away from that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, um, the other sort of like thing that I wanted to bring in before we really start digging into all of these topics and I keep kind of going back to the George Floyd because I'm using it as a little bit of an example for for this second sort of thing that I want to talk about and that and that thing is that uh, I think it's Brene Brown that says that we create stories to fill in the gaps of when when we have experiences so many of the times when we're creating stories in our mind when we're filling in those gaps those gaps will be filled with fear and they'll be filled with insecurities and so Brene Brown is like, you know, you maybe you have a she she shares this encounter where like she has this thing with her husband and and some he reacted to her, maybe a look came across his face or something like that through the beach and she's just like, uh, the story that I'm filling in in my head is that when you saw me in my bikini, you thought that I look like a heifer or whatever. Oh, no, I don't remember yeah. exactly what wording she used, but she was like, she was like in her heart, she was just like, this isn't really lining up. W- you know, with whatever, mm-hmm. with what she knew that he felt about her, you know what I mean? And so she's, she was like vulnerable with like what she was feeling. She was like, I feel like this is what's happening. Can you, and sort of like, she's setting this out and she was just like, is this true? Is this what you were thinking? And he was able to be like, no, that's not what I was thinking at all. I just like looked over your shoulder and there was a bird pooping on <laughs> someone. Or I don't remember exactly yeah. what it, what it was, but it was just like, because she took the time to like share what, what story she was building in her in her head that was that was filled with fears and insecurities he was able to like dissuade that and just say like oh no and so they were able to go kind of back to like the happy homeostasis you know what i mean but but the thing that that happened i think with george floyd is that so many people organizations media took this as an opportunity and a lot of us did too took this as an opportunity to create a story that wasn't there and it was filled with fear and it was filled with, and it was, and it was a lot of people that, that had agendas towards de- dismantling American government anyway, dismantling police systems in general, like this horrific thing that happened. What happened in the aftermath was people filling in and, and you know, if you fill your fill in storyline gaps with your fears and your insecurities and then somebody comes and immediately starts validating those 
you're going to start writing that stuff on your heart as truth. And remember, once we have a belief that something is true, we're going to live as if it's true. And so I know we're a couple of, you know, I guess I guess I shouldn't say a couple of white folk. I mean, I'm white, you're Hispanic, you, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, I know that we have different like experiences and stuff, but it, it makes me wonder how much of what's been going on is us making our own, making up our own stories about what's happening and then having those things validated with fear. I think some of it, I think like it could go back and forth because I think some of, some of it, yes, is that a hundred percent, but I think, a, I think some of it is a valid, it, I think the reason why because we've had things come up all the time. We've had shootings happen where people, we know that they went into a building and went for a certain type of person. Um, or, uh, you know, we've had all kinds of things happen and in the past. And we've, I mean, it's just kind of not really, we've had gun control rallies. We've had, you know, people against all, all this kind of stuff, hate crimes, things like that. It's never really um, affected anyone. But this one, I think the reason why it did is because people went, oh, that's, that literally could have been me. Like that literally, that is, I've had an encounter that it could have gone that way. I've had something that, you know, that could have been turned out like that could have been me. And I think a lot of people feel that. And so I think there is some valid um, feelings and in it and like actual reality in that because um, there is some truth behind some things that are going on. So I don't know. I want to make sure that it's it's on like it's it's a it's a mixture of all of it, and I think that that's why it's so big and why it's so on people and they're upset because hey, this is a real life thing that people are dealing with mm-hmm. that haven't well, really had the voice to say it otherwise, and I think that's why they've attached themselves so strongly to it. It could be, I mean, I think that it was this was the first time that I ever remember every single person law enforcement Mm -hmm. no matter what color no matter what background no matter i don't i do not remember hearing one single person man or woman millennial baby boomer (laughs) greatest generation gen xer like absolutely nobody was like what he did was right what chauvin did was right there's to me, I guess I didn't even bother to say that I thought that it was wrong because I just assumed that everybody would yeah. understand that. But I guess you're there right. Some- we do need to make sure that w- that 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 we say like what happened was absolutely wrong. But there also were some stuff that that I think I'm more th- talking about like the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, and and why like why did it stay so big for so long? And why is it? Because like you said, we have had lots and lots of terrible things happen to people that that we know should not have happened to them mm-hmm. and so why did this one yeah maybe it was because we were in quarantine maybe it's because we were all watching facebook at the same time you know, you know what yeah. i mean but this was the very first time that 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 i can remember that every single person that watched it was like that was wrong mm-hmm. that he shouldn't it doesn't matter if he was uh on drugs it didn't matter if he just committed a yeah. crime. Yeah. It didn't matter if he was a saint. It didn't matter if he was single. It didn't matter if he was rich or poor. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered. Nobody was like, I don't remember very many people just being like, oh, well, he was jacked up. He was on drugs. He was mm-hmm. whatever. 
like everybody was like, hey, this should not have happened. He has the right to a fair trial just like everybody else. Yeah. He should have been arrested, taken to jail, and he should be having his day in court just like anybody else. He shouldn't have, like John Gray said it, he was like, I, I don't say he shouldn't have been arrested. I just think he shouldn't have been judge, jury, crucified, you know, not crucified, yeah. but but with his life, you know, his life sentence taken out right there yeah. on the sidewalk in front of everybody. I don't remember exactly what John Gray said, but he said yeah. it, he said it really well. But um, I don't know. It just feels like a whole lot of stuff has come up. And maybe, I mean, I'm not even saying that it's bad stuff. I just, I think that what's happening is that the problem that I have with it is that it's so polarizing. Mm -hmm. Because what's come out of it, the defund the police. I well, never heard of defund so the police. It's making people so much more div uh, divided. And polarized. Mm -hmm. And polarization isn't good because the farther away we get from each other, the more we start demonizing each other. And not only does does your opponent or the person on the other side become wrong, but that but they also become part of the problem. Yeah. And you know, I have a lot of conservative friends. I tend to be a little bit more on the liberal side. Oh I my have, gosh! I said that one time, and it told some of my friends, and they were about had a heart attack. I remember. <laughs> they literally. I remember like, someone from your attack. school literally texting me in class and being like, "Who did you vote for?" Uh, because I think because I, I think Mr. Jones was teaching about like, hey, you guys have liberal friends. I want for you to know that. And they were like, no, we don't. Jeez. And he and he was like, yeah. And he said my name. And it was one of your classmates texted me was like, doo, 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 doo. and then Jones like and I just thought it was a really random question because I'm just like here in the middle of my day and blah, uh -huh. blah, blah. And then like a week later, Jones was like, hey, I talked about you in school the other day. This is what happened. And I was like, oh, that's why she You're texted like, Whoa, me. This is so random. <laughs> But it, but it was kind of funny because at, in that culture, it's very rare to have very many people that are liberal that yeah. that admit it. I guess I should say. Well, okay, you're li you're a, you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. You're a, like you, you well one, okay you're a Christian. Mm -hmm. That right there, I feel like oh that means you're a public. That means you're you know you're on the right. A lot of people think that. I think that that's how I grew up. Literally, like that's how it, it just was. Like. I didn't know that a Christian could be more on the left side. I Did wasn't, you know that a liberal could own a gun? I didn't know. Like, I literally was like, what? Like, I, I thought just they just lived in the city. They never gun. came. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a liberal pastor that owns a pink gun. What in the world? And I think people would not believe you. They'd be like. I would. If we were, I, I would show them. It's on, my, it's on my Facebook. There we go. But, like, I just. Uh, it's it's create people create these things that I'm like, well hold on step back for a second like we can. Sometimes my conservative friends will try to convince me that I'm not. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, the, like do I need to prove like credentials? Like what's going on here? Yeah. I'm just like I don't have a card. Like I'm <laughs> you know sorry. I mean? <laughs> and they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, no. And I think that what's going on is they're they're they've actually been so conditioned to anybody that agrees with or that disagree with disagrees with them is mm -hmm. actually not only wrong but a part of the problem yeah and to come into contact with somebody that you're like oh i love you we have a really great relationship i trust you there's vulnerability here there's there's trust here like but you're now now you're kind of now i'm kind of like uh, messing uh, with their whole concept of what they have to refigure out if they can that they can trust you anymore yeah and i feel like that is dangerous when we're actually not able to trust someone because of the way that they vote yeah like, but i also like i was actually proud of them because like you know to have uh 
older, <laughs> mostly white congregation that unanimously voted in a mm -hmm. liberal female pastor that's way younger. That's Jesus. Like, I was kind of proud of them because because I felt like they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're yeah, they're not taking yeah. something before. They're going like they're I, they're identifying their their biases and their their how they see the world and like and they're and they're allowing room for that. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what the whole point of this conversation is is to get us to yeah. identify our our you know our biases and to identify what how we choose our narratives what we what we decide is going to be truth that type of thing take our time don't don't make these decisions under duress and pressure and like emotional and stuff like that like emotions are great they're a great indicator but they're a terrible as chris valentin says they're a great gauge but they're a terrible master mm -hmm. you don't want to follow your feelings but you're you know that your heart is breaking that somebody just lost their life on tv on facebook like at the hands of a police officer and he shouldn't have that should break your heart yeah i would have a problem if it didn't break your heart exactly yeah and so now what's your response going to be and we get to we get to build that inside of ourselves and and like go out and like have conversations that we should be having and um you know, I know that it spurred me to have conversations. I have a black brother, brother-in-law who I've mm -hmm. talked about on this play before who I adore and I have, you know, a few, a few black friends, you know what I mean? And I reached out to them and we're like, how are you? And they were, they all had different responses. They all, they yeah. live all over the country. They live in different places. Some of them were in more rural places. Some of them were in more, uh, more metropolitan places. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was a unique opportunity to, reach out mm -hmm. and get like vulnerable with people and yeah because you always are like how are they going to react are they going to think that i'm just doing it because it's like a cool thing to do right now to say i have black friends or whatever you know what yeah. I, you know what i, I don't mean? know i hope we're over that part about it like i hope we're over that like yeah it, but that i'm talking about this was in the beginning this is yeah. like the initial response for sure the initial and I response that that for me was different I think all that tied up is what people are tired of. Like mm -hmm. people are like, no, let's like get over that, that feeling of like, oh, I hope that you're not only thinking I'm asking you this because it's trendy right now to post, you know, to have, have a black square on your Instagram. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, no, I actually am like, I'm fighting for, to, I'm scratching to do anything I possibly can to like, I'm, I'm realizing there's an issue. I'm pulling out anything I can to decide what's going on, like to help and figure out what's going on. So I, I don't know. I want to be past that part at least. I hope like we're getting past that. Well, I don't even know if it's ever getting past because there's always going to be something else that happens. There and we is. always do need to make sure that we're, that we're allowing ourselves to feel the emotions that we feel in the moment, but to be careful and to be intentional about what we allow mm -hmm. to what we jump behind and what we allow ourselves to write on our, on our hearts as truth. We're never going to get past. We're never going to get better. Yeah. And I guess I'm it. not, I'm not saying that I'm not saying like, I want to, I want to just get past that. I'm mm -hmm. saying more like, I want to be, I want us to be a better, like, okay, there's one level. Now we're at the next level. So I don't want to go back down to the bottom level again, where we have to start over. I want to keep where we're at with this conversation of, you know, I don't want to start over again. I think that's what people are asking for. They're like, no, let's, with let's, regards to how we respond to 
any trauma or or as this specifically, how we respond like, to race, we're ta- like we're talk- racism? We're talking about racism right oh, now. Oh, okay. I see that. what you're saying. You know like, what I mean? And that's one of the things that I actually prayed for. I was just like, let us not ever go back to where we were before. There's a lot of stuff happening. We're working through a ton. Like, can we land at a place that's better than where we were when yeah. we started? And I think that's that's kind what of I'm what meaning. I'm not meaning any other, like I'm I'm meaning just because we're simply talking about we're taking that with George Floyd. We're taking Black Lives Matter. We're taking that just just right now. So that's yeah, what I was meaning. Sure. Is like I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, another thing that, that Brene Brown kind of talks about is just like it, what, one, one of the things that it kind of made me think about when she was sharing about in the absence of data that will fill in the gaps and many of those details will fill in will be fear and insecurities. It kind of reminded me like, Hey man, we need to make sure that we're staying curious, that we're asking questions, that we don't think that we have all the answers too yes. soon, that we don't try to put stuff in boxes too soon, that we actually give ourselves permission to stay curious during the process. And, and when someone says something that just makes you go like cringe inside, mm-hmm. instead of just like getting all defensive and like, okay, well you've said your piece. Now I'm going to say my piece. Like if somebody says something that is just going to, um, like, taking you off or like mm-hmm. rocking your, or, or, you know, like I feel like it's okay to just be like, I don't understand. I know I love you, but I just don't understand. And I'm just going to go back to my uh, thing that I learned from Bernie Brown, which is just, can you say more about that? Yeah. Tell me more. I want to understand more. So like staying, staying curious. And then also like creating a space where like, it's okay to reality check. Like it's kind of like, the the stories that we make up is sort of like a draft, like a rough first draft, like a yucky first yeah. draft that's like just kind of thrown together <laughs> on paper. And I think we need to give ourselves permission to keep updating those drafts and um, and adding more information and filling in details and and um, recognizing that what you're writing and what your beliefs are like I feel like your beliefs are always going to be a work in progress and I feel like you should always be open to shaping your beliefs or having your beliefs shaped if we were more open to having our beliefs shaped with little things it wouldn't have taken something like George George Floyd dying in the in front of America like for us to actually start having this conversation yeah if more of us were like something small can shape my beliefs like I think we should, I, I just wish that we all were better at like um, creating space and like safety to just say like, this is what I did think. But now that I have this piece of information, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think I'm going to think on that. I think I'm, I think I'm going to let that shape my beliefs. I yeah. think I'm going to be intentional about that. Well, I was reading this thing. I, I follow this uh, Instagram account. I can't remember what the name of it is, but I followed them and they were, they were just, you know, showing, they had little sayings all the time. Like, it's a year past uh, since, or, you know, about since pandemic, all this stuff, like everything we're going, we all had, we all had beliefs at the beginning of it, whether it was, oh, this thing is not real. This is, it's totally real. Don't go out of your house. Like do not see anybody or, you know, those are two extremes, but everyone, yeah, everyone's finding something in the, in all of that. Yeah. They're going, it's like, please, can we get back to where it's, or can we create a new, it is okay to change our minds. It is okay to now have more information on something and be allowed to change our minds because right now people are, I feel like are afraid to change their minds. Now that they have more information, it's like, oh, well, even though I might, I'm just saying, like, even though I might feel like it's safe for me to be okay without a mask on outside, I don't want to look like I'm, what I stood for at the beginning isn't what I stand for anymore. I'm being wishy-washy. It's like, no, let's, we can, 
we can evolve and change our minds and learn and grow and decide, oh, maybe that isn't something I want to do anymore or something that isn't I want to be associated with more. This is how I feel this or I still feel this way towards something. I think like being good with people and learn like growing with them. And it's kind of like that when you're when you're little and you live at your house, you're 18, you have this like your parents treat you a certain way and you do this certain thing, you move away. Then when you come back and it's like, whoa, I'm still being treated this way, but I have a new life now and I don't live this way anymore. Not like it was bad, but like your parents just automatically and like old family members and people that knew you before you left, they don't, they didn't see the side of you that grew for the past couple years. Right. And so you kind of like having to retrain people again and be like, no. And some people are really easy, good with that. They're like, I'm always so thankful for friends that when I go and see them again, they're, they're, it's not this weird thing. It's like, oh, I remember you this way. And now you're kind of this way. You know, mm-hmm. they just kind of open up and like, they're like, we're both growing. Like, obviously we don't do the same stuff we did in high school and that's okay. You right. know, like, and I think that that should be, we can grow, like we can take that into actually like more life, like a bigger scale than just like, oh, you're a high school friend. Yeah, you like know, creating a space where it is safe and it's encouraged to grow. Yeah. I mean, I think it's super important to make sure that we're doing that. Um, because you know, if we make our initial draft with a bunch of made up details that are full of like insecurities and fear and stuff. And as we gather more information, we can start replacing those details with real things and things that are tested, you know, your science project. If you have a hypothesis for your science project, that is, if you put a potato in the window, then it's going to sprout into butterflies and you put 10 potatoes in the window and nothing happens except for it grows a couple of eyes, like you're not going to go at the end of the science project with my potatoes going to grow butterflies. You know what I'm saying? Like once you've proven, like once you've gone through the steps, once you've done your research, once you've talked to some people, once you've gone through, like it's, it's actually immature to not do that. It's a sign of massive maturity to be able to give yourself grace, to give yourself space, to give yourself and other people the room to like hone and shape what our beliefs are and what our conclusions are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's um, it's crazy uh, that 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 more people. I think it's crazy that more people don't do this. Um, so we're trying to create. We're trying to make like create this lifestyle of growing and being okay with other people growing and mm-hmm. learning and all like kind of I just I'm picturing it as this like sway kind of motion with people mm-hmm. and you're all kind of going and there's going to be hiccups and where people aren't going the same way but it's like learning this like aching and groaning with people almost yeah and it's like to me, it's like this weird pride thing. If you decide that the very first conclusion that you ever jump to after having five minutes <laughs> and absolutely no information, it's like a weird pride thing to not be able to lay that down and pick yeah. up what is actually proven to be correct. And some of it is like, you know, I, I think I'm kind of in that I'm sort of referring to the science type stuff that we were talking about with the pandemic, where like at the beginning people were afraid and scientists were all they had was projections they haven't ever had a global pandemic before nobody's ever had a global pandemic before Mm -hmm. they found a a infectious disease a couple of infectious disease dudes to like be the spokesperson and like help guide us and the stuff that they projected ended up not being it ended up not being as fatal as they thought it was going to be it ended up not being quite as transmittable as they thought it was going to be like nobody knew in the beginning if it was transmittable, if you were asymptomatic, 
or nobody knew so in the many beginning. questions and like yeah nobody knew in the beginning that if you had it once that you wouldn't be able to have it again mm-hmm. you know what i mean like all of this stuff and so they were projecting they were trying to protect they were doing their job and then when stuff came out as they studied more and more they were, then people were like oh well they're being wish wishy-washy they can't figure it out no, that's called science. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody knew what how it was going to go down. And f- for one thing, for another thing, science was trying to do their job by figuring out what was going on and trying to release information mm-hmm. as they as they figured out more of what's going on. So really what we were more upset with, I think, is the government not responding to the new information that Mm -hmm. the science was coming up with. And then the second thing that happened, and again, I'm going to always come from a faith perspective, is the church prayed. I don't know why we wouldn't be rejoicing that the death toll was not as much as it was going to be that it ended yeah. up not being quite as transmittable as they thought it was going to be that, uh, that it wasn't quite as lethal as they thought it was going to be like, yeah, tr- we should be so excited. We should be celebrating this as like a victory, but everybody's like whining about the mass that we're forgetting that or the blaming someone or prayed. Oh, it's, it's like, that. dude, yeah. why would you not be excited that <laughs> like, we have no idea how much, how many lives were saved because the church prayed. And we will never know this side of heaven, how many lives were saved because the church okay. prayed. I think that's part of the lesson that's learned, that is to be learned in that. It's like, we won't know, you know, like, I don't and know we if we're can't. meant to know. Yeah, it's just not, it's just not designed that way. But it's just, it's just this weird pride thing when people like take up one perspective at the very beginning when it's been going on for two days and we have, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you look at one person and try and Google every mistake he's ever made and suddenly decide that you're not going to listen to him. And then, you know, whatever. Have you seen some of the conspiracy theories that are coming um, out about yes. Fauci Fauci? It's Can like, you believe? I, I, okay. I get, told side this, note here. I get told this stuff at work. Like people, my tables will actually like, I'm like, I'm just trying to have do. Have you read the Fauci emails? Yeah, I'm like, I haven't, you know, and I really don't want to talk about this right now. I'm just trying to wait your table. Like, hi, Wait, how are you? Do you want pizza or yeah, pasta? Do you need a refill of re- root beer like, or I water? I don't need to sit and know the conspiracies. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like conspiracies are, I love conspiracies. Don't get me wrong. I, I love a good conspiracy. But also I feel like the ones that are coming out now are honestly becoming deadly to society and to the oh, like oh, i feel like a lot of the church like the church is grabbing onto this stuff and they're running with it and i'm like dude like we know better stop even if it's real stop like we're getting a little crazy with some stuff yeah it's hard because when you when we come at stuff from a faith perspective because we're like i said we're always gonna have traumas that happen to our society where and trauma is kind of like a big buzzword right now it kind of drives me crazy sometimes but it really is true and and there really have been some some traumas to our society and to people and we're going to continue to have them because we're people and we are going to continue to mess up and we live in a fallen world and but but the thing is is that even with um even with the pandemic even with the George Floyd thing, like all, all, you know, those kind of two things have been sort of what we've been focusing on yeah. this episode. But the ch- Jesus is the answer to those things. To to have hope in Him when cr- crazy chaos is going on around us, 
to see somebody that it believes something a hundred percent, 180 degrees so differently than you do, like as far apart as, as you can possibly get. And to still, you know, as a believer to still be able to be like that person was made in God's image. Like God loves that person. And even, and even though we have come to completely different conclusions, we have had different experiences in our lives, mm-hmm. um, that even though I totally disagree with you, I refuse to make people my enemy. It says in scripture that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities. So they're saying people are not your enemy. People are made of flesh and blood. People are not your enemy. There is spiritual realms that are that are influencing people and people are acting some kind of way <laughs> and they are making us mad sometimes. But when we ha- when we have this core value, this core belief that people are not our enemy, even Fauci, even Trump, even Biden, even the people in the Chinese Wuhan lab, you know, even the BLM folks, like even ISIS, like all of those people were made in God's image. And we cannot continue to be a society that makes people our enemy. Yeah. And so in that way, you know, the church is supposed to be the answer. The church is, you know, Jesus is the answer to that. And the the world doesn't want to hear that. Like people that aren't believers, they don't want to hear that. But the only way that we're going to be able to help in these situations is by living the lives and and having the values and having those things match up, like choosing love every time, remembering people are not our enemies. Yes, they make they make us really mad sometimes. They irritate us. They they cut us off in traffic. You know, they people drive drunk and kill kids. People you know, rape people, people kill people, people are, are messed up in every sect of society. But if we got to remember, I'm getting all preachy, but we just got to remember that people are not our enemy, that there's, there are things that are going on in spiritual realms that are influencing people. And they're a lot of times allowing it, which is really frustrating because we hate to see people destroy each other and destroy themselves. But, you know, even with the George Floyd thing, with the dealing with the pandemic you know the the church is supposed to bring peace yeah and can you imagine how much how valuable a peacekeeper would be you know one of the most frustrating things about about this pandemic has been the not only the pandemic but a lot of other political issues that have been coming up and i'm going to yeah. throw the the pandemic under partly a political issue for now, even though I totally recognize that it 100% is a real issue. It has been politicized and nobody can... It's been turned into, yeah. Yeah, nobody can deny that there's a reason why the government hasn't shifted its policies to agree with the science as they've known more. Mm -hmm. They've just refused. It's been the same the whole time, like the masks and stuff. Anyway, blah, blah. Anyway, the point is, what I was trying to say is that... um, there have been people on the left and on the right that have said that there are no Christians on the other side. Mm. And mm. what I'm what I'm thinking is like how could you want how could you believe that? How could you say that that's true? Because if that's true then that's a huge sect of society where the enemy has been allowed to reign unopposed and his yeah. And his spirits have been allowed to reign in people unopposed. And I just refuse to believe that that's correct. And so I think that instead of pointing fingers and saying, there's no way that you can be a Christian if you're on that side, demonizing each other, polarizing each other even further, that wouldn't we be so excited if we had a, 
a, a brother, a sister, a family member on that other side, and you know that you have a dad that has called you to be a peacemaker, and you and that farthest side that's farther, far enough, far the farthest away from you that you can even imagine, that you have a brother or sister who you know that his dad is also calling him to be yeah. a peacemaker. Like, what wouldn't it make you feel better if you had an ally on the other side? Oh like, yeah, you know what I mean. And so I, I want for us to be looking for that. I want for us to be wor- bringing peace into these divisive pla- places and bringing peace into these um, these sects that are just getting farther and farther away from each other and, and really starting to work to bridge those gaps and to be bridges and to care and to, uh, to just act a little bit differently than everyone else actually act a lot differently than everyone else to act out of love, to act out of mm-hmm. the, the s- best interests of everybody and not just ourselves. But imagine what it would be like if we really were, you know, it says in, I think it's Matthew chapter five or six, where he talks about blessed are the peacemakers, the ones that bring peace. And, you know, part of the kingdom is, Righteousness, peace, and joy. Mm-hmm. You know, peace is a pretty, a pretty huge pretty part, part of, of the it. kingdom. And if we have yeah. the kingdom of God in us, then no matter where we should, no matter where we go, we should be bringing that peace. Mm-hmm. And in a chaotic world, like what is going to look like light more than somebody that brings a calming influence and peace? Yeah, and and a willingness to come to the table with anybody and sit down and say, "Let's work this out." I believe we can because we both have the same dad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, that's kind of what I wanted to like break down a little bit yeah. this first time is just like talking about how how we even decide how we kind of like that bottom layer that we were talking about, like just that yeah. first step of like laying down that foundation. Mm-hmm. Now next, opening up into something, you know, some other topics and some other. And so now we can sort of start, take this information, kind of start bringing it into some other hot button topics. Yeah. Just like, but at least laying that foundation first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people know where you stand and people know where you're at and kind of can get a feel for, and all, like instead of just like not want, like wondering, oh, I wonder where the, this or wonder where they're coming at from this. Well, that that's kind of like the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. So this is part one to this topic conversation Mm -hmm. we're gonna jump into a little bit more of defund the police and some uh talk about capitalism Mm -hmm. and socialism we'll maybe talk a little bit more about about george floyd we'll talk about um maybe even some lgbtq Mm -hmm. some abortion i mean we're hey man we're just gonna jump in and just kind of bring a little bit of that perspective to a couple of other topics just to show like how to apply like how we feel like how I have applied it, I don't even say yeah. how you should feel, but like the types of processes that we're hoping that people will start coming to when they're when we're going through these traumatic things that um, that we come across in society. Yeah. Anyway, not that I'm like a professional mm-hmm. or anything. It's just stuff I've learned in my life. Yeah, we're just sharing stuff. We're sharing experiences and um, opinions a lot. And let yeah. us know if you think we're wrong. Yeah. We want we want to have good conversations, so we we don't we don't just want to be talking with ourselves. We want to be talking, taking it outside of um, me and you. We want to talk about it with our families and our friends, and mm-hmm. have conversations and coworkers and all that stuff. But thanks for listening to part one of this conversation. We'll see you on part two. See you later, alligator. <laughs>